From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. This is WIA National News for Easter Sunday 2015. Aussie Balloon Sets New Height. A high-altitude balloon flight from Daniloquin in southern New South Wales has set an unofficial Australian record height before bursting and sending its payload back to Earth. The latex balloon, PS37, launched by Andy VK3YT, reached an altitude of 4,903 metres. The flight sent aloft on Sunday the 3rd of March was 320 metres higher than the record set in 2011 by Project Horus of South Australia. The flight was tracked on APRS on 145.175 and RITI using 434.650 under the call sign VK3YT-11. Enthusiasts around the world study aerospace science, often with amateur radio high-altitude ballooning. Many take part in the Global Space Balloon Challenge that runs from Friday, April 10, until Monday, April 27. So far, it has 249 teams in 45 countries, including Europe, Africa, Southeast Asia, the Americas, six from Australia and one in ZL. In the world's largest high-altitude ballooning event, teams in various locations launch into the stratosphere simultaneously. On next week's VK1WIA broadcast, we'll have an article on an ambitious Australian space adventure that does invite the local amateur radio community to be involved. Are you an amateur radio user or user? Whether it be the WIA, your local club, show your support in a tangible way. Support the providers you utilise. Let's have a look at some WIA news and then we'll whip around Australia. The WIA, Wireless Institute of Australia, and the New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters, the NZART, will be active with ANZAC suffix call signs from ANZAC Day, April 25. The two IARU member societies remember not only the original Australian and New Zealand Army Corps, ANZAC, that served at Gallipoli and the Western Front, but commemorates all servicemen and women. In Australia on ANZAC Day, there will be eight call signs. These are from Canberra, VK100 Anzac, Glenbrook, VI2 Anzac, Late Bogger, VI3 Anzac, Billawheeler, VI4 Anzac, Adelaide, VI5 Anzac, Perth, VI6 Anzac, Moona, VI7 Anzac, and Darwin, VI8 Anzac. The WIA website, www.wia.org.au, has details of about 35 Anzac events. These include some battles, incidents, recorded voices of Anzacs, museums, memorials, VC recipients and all pay honour to those who serve their country. Across the Tasman, the NZART will have ZL100 Anzac on air for a month. A team of 20 DXs will operate the station ZL100 Anzac from Anzac Day on all HF bands using CW, SSB and data modes. Also joining the commemorative activity as stations in Turkey and elsewhere. While ZL100 Anzac is on air for one calendar month, 
The WIA program continues until December 20. It was on that day in 1915 Colonel John Patton was in charge of the rear guard of the Anzacs after suffering heavy losses, quietly evacuating Gallipoli by ship. Across Australia to VK1 and Expo at the old Kingston bus depot. Last week, Murray VK1MDP, Amanda VK1WX and Bob McKinney manned a demonstration display table at this Canberra Expo. They were one of 140 exhibitors. A great variety of exhibitors, including unicyclists, flamenco dancing, model aircraft and boats, craft of many descriptions, opera, brass bands, choirs, even a mandolin orchestra. In short, a great opportunity to spruik our hobby. CRAC had many inquiries about amateur radio, even from four former amateurs who had let their licence lapse and wanted to get back into ham radio and sought advice on how best to go about it. They handed out information sheets with club membership forms to around 10 to 15 inquiries that ranged from the amateurs wanting to rejoin the club and WIA and those interested in participating in the hobby. In fact, the three were kept busy right throughout the day providing information. In VK2, Lismore Repeater, VK2, SRC, etc., goes solar. The Lismore Repeater Shack is now on standalone solar power. Installation of panels and control systems has been completed. Major power will soon be disconnected, saving about $900 a year, 80% of which was being paid just for the connection. A new 2-metre repeater has been installed and has noticeably improved transmission of the uplink audio. There is the same three-minute timeout plus Morse code identification, slower than the previous one. At present, there is no DTMF control, which means the timer cannot be remotely controlled. So, for the time being, there will be no WIA news broadcasts Sunday mornings. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the southeast of South Australia and western border districts of Victoria, it's relayed on the four network two-metre repeaters of Mount Gambier, Narracourt, Kingston and Bordertown at 9am each Sunday. This is John, VK5DJ, from the South East Radio Group. What use is an F-call? Having been an amateur for a number of years and having participated in many outings, campouts, field days, public events and private portable operations, you'd think that the art of packing is something that I have down to a T. If only it were so. Personal adventures included forgetting the little connection cable that joins the head of my radio with the body, forgetting to pack an N-type to PL259 adapter, forgetting to pack an antenna for DX operation, forgetting a logbook, forgetting the power cable, and I'm sure there are more things that I've forgotten. You might take away from this that I'm a forgetful person. I'm not sure that I am. I think what happens is that I become complacent. I've been mobile so many times, and I've had to pack my gear for each outing, that I think I've got it all. This complacency sneaks into other aspects of the hobby also. I participate in a weekly net from my home, also known as my QTH, where I use the same radio, plugged into the same aerial, the same power supply, on the same shelf next to my desk. You'd think that with all that sameness, nothing would change. If only it were so. Connectors wander around because they get disconnected after each net. 
so there is no fixed insulation. The coax is subject to the weather. The power supply is sometimes used for other outings. So what do you do with all of this? The gear we use is pretty costly, pretty fragile and subject to letting out the white smoke if you were to cross the polarities of power or short out the antenna. So, treat each activation as a separate event. Go through the whole kit in your mind before you drive off. And, if you're setting up your radio, make sure that each aspect of your radio operation is as expected. Complacency can be an expensive mistake. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha, Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. An Air Canada Airbus A320 landed on an antenna array 1,100 feet short of a runway in Nova Scotia last week, shearing off its landing gear, accident investigators said. None of the 130 people on board were seriously injured, the Transportation Safety Board of Canada said, as the plane, which also clipped an electrical wire, skidded on its belly across a snowy field and then down a runway for about 2,200 feet. I'd say they're pretty lucky, and that antenna sure picked up more than it bargained for. Kigali shortwave relay to close. Deutsche Well is shutting down its relay station at Kigali in Rwanda. Established in 1965, it is the broadcaster's last shortwave relay. When the relay station first started transmitting in 1965, it was about 15 kilometres from the city centre. Kigali has grown in the meantime and the station now finds itself in the suburbs. The plot of land on which the station stands has skyrocketed in value, but the price of real estate was just one issue. Guido Baumhauer, Deutsche Wells' director of distribution, was forced to face when negotiating with the Rwandan government. Even if we wanted to stay, we couldn't because our contract with the Rwandan government is expiring, and they do not wish to renew it, he said. World Amateur Radio Day... 18th of April 2015, every 18th of April, radio amateurs worldwide take to the airwaves in celebration of World Amateur Radio Day. It was on that day in 1925 that the International Amateur Radio Union was formed in Paris. Since its founding, the IARU has worked tirelessly to defend and expand the frequency allocations for amateur radio. Thanks to the support of enlightened administrations in every part of the globe, Radio amateurs are now able to experiment and communicate in frequency bands strategically located throughout the radio spectrum. From the 25 countries that formed the IARU in 1925, the IARU has grown to include over 160 member societies in the three regions. The International Telecommunications Union, ITU, has recognised the IARU as representing the interests of amateur radio. World Amateur Radio Day is the day when IARU member societies can show our capabilities to the public and enjoy global friendship with other amateurs worldwide. 18th of April is the day for all amateur radio to celebrate and tell the world about the science we can help teach, the community service we can provide and the fun we have. 
We hope you'll join in on the fun and education that is World Amateur Radio Day. Captive radio audience. Southgate News have a rather interesting article about prisoners who make their own two-way radios to communicate. Read the article, How Some Inmates Hack, Rewire and Retool Their Radios to Create Walkie Talkies. The link we like for this is on the text edition. UK Community Broadcast Radio Station Cambridge 105 is a voluntary organisation with over 10 radio amateurs involved. On Good Friday, the 3rd of April, they're going back to the days of pirate radio and setting up a completely analogue studio on the riverboat Georgina, moored at the River Cam. The day's music will cover the whole pirate radio era from the 60s to early 90s when the last ship, Ross Revenge, ceased transmission. They've also teamed up with the DARC team who took over Deutsche Well shortwave licence on 6070 kHz and for the duration of the broadcast, Cambridge 105 will be relayed across Europe on their 10 kilowatt transmitter in southern Germany near Munich. Golf 3 Tango X-Ray Foxtrot wins CAS Award for Zulu Delta 9 X-Ray Foxtrot. The CAS Award encourages de-expedition operating excellence and the 2014 Single Operator CAS Award has been won by Nigel Corforn, Golf 3 Tango X-Ray Fox. Congratulations, Nigel. It was awarded for his de-expedition to the island of Tristan de Kuna as Zulu Delta 9 X-Ray Foxtrot in September 2014 where he worked 9,314 unique stations during the first 14 days of his one-man de-expedition. The award states that it demonstrated an outstanding effort to log as many DXs as possible and set a new single operator CAS award record. WIA International News, as always, is with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, NZART, and of course our special friends at the Amateur Radio Newsline. A team of Columbia engineering researchers has invented a technology that's called full duplex radio integrated circuits. These are ICs that can be implemented in nanoscale CMOS to enable simultaneous transmission and reception at the same frequency in a wireless radio. Up to now, this has been thought to be impossible. It's always been assumed that transmitters and receivers either work at different times or at the same time but at different frequencies. The Columbia team, led by Electrical Engineering Associate Professor Harish Krishnaswamy, is the first to demonstrate an integrated circuit that can accomplish this technology. The researchers presented their work at the International Solid State Circuits Conference in San Francisco on February 25th. More is available at tinyurl.com forward slash two hyphen way hyphen chip. For Newsline, I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD in Berwick, Pennsylvania. Passing a CW test is no longer required to get an amateur radio license, but there's still a mystique about Morse code, and many hams are interested in acquiring this skill and getting on the air. That being the case, Dan Romanchik, KB6NU, has announced the publication of his new book titled The CW Geek's Guide to Having Fun with Morse Code. KB6NU is the author of the No-Nonsense License Study Guides and one of Amateur Radio's leading bloggers at KB6NU.com. His new CW Geek's Guide to Having Fun with Morse Code is all about helping hams learn Morse, assisting in finding a key that's right for them, and showing them how to get on the air. It also teaches hams how to use abbreviations, cue signals, and pro signs properly. Believe it or not, this story from our Weird and Wonderful file. Weird and Wonderful. A story has surfaced from Business Insider Australia 
about a scientist at the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, SETI Institute, who doesn't want to send just one message. He wants to broadcast billions of messages. And how will he do it? By transmitting the entire internet into space. And this isn't an April Fool's Day message. Such a large corpus, with its text, pictures, videos and sounds, would allow clever extraterrestrials to decipher much about our society and even formulate questions that could be answered with the material in hand. Seth Shostak wrote on March 27 in the opinion section of the New York Times, Sending the web on its way would take months if a radio transmitter were used. He writes in his article, A powerful laser conveying bits much like an optical fibre could launch this data in just a few days. And at least, judging by posts on the internet's Facebook, E.T. sure would know what we'd had for dinner and of our likes. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Good morning, this is Dennis, VK4AE, WIA coordinator for the John Moyle Memorial Field Day. Firstly, I would like to thank all of those people who have taken the time and effort to prepare and submit their log as entry to this year's contest. So far, there has been a significant increase in the number of logs submitted when compared to last year. However, it has been observed that quite a number of club stations who took part in the contest have not yet made the effort to submit a log on behalf of their club station. A timely reminder is necessary, as time is running out. The weather has clearly made a significant influence this year in southeastern Queensland and northern New South Wales, with many stations reporting thunderstorms, strong winds and heavy rain. Operating in storm conditions at any time is risky, but in a portable situation it could be downright disastrous. This is a real pity about field eye operations. Your planning can cope with most things, but you have to take whatever it is that nature throws at you. So don't forget, the closing date for this year's entry is the 19th of April, so you really must put in the effort in the next few days to get your logs into me in good time. Operational news dateline April, May 2015. Table N Radio Group's AMNCW and Anzac Day, 25 April. Harry Angel Sprint, 80 metres, May 2. 4S7KKG, DC0KK will be active as 4S7KKG from Sri Lanka through until April the 10th. He operates mainly using CW in the digital modes. QSL via DC0KK via the Bureau. To mark the 90th anniversary of the founding of the South African Radio League, ZS90SARL is on the air until the end of this month. Turkey TA. Special event station TC100GLP is QRV until April the 30th to commemorate Gallipoli 100 years ago. Activities on the HF bands using SSB, RITI and PSK. QSL via TA1CM Lusitania Radio Club The Lusitania Radio Club will be running a special event station with the call sign EI100MFA to mark the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Lusitania on the 7th of May 1915. The station will operate from the 6th to the 10th of May from a site near the old head of Kinsale Lighthouse Company, Cork, or from the lighthouse itself. LRC100 at email.com Egypt, SU. Ivan is active as SU9IG from Cairo until June the 15th, 2016. Activities on 160 to 10 metres using CWSSB and RITI. QSL to home call OM3CGN. 
4U20B. This station is located in Brindisi, Italy, and commemorates the 20th anniversary of the UN logistics base there. 4U20B will be used until the next July, and the QSL manager is 9A2AA. HE200G commemorates the 200th anniversary of Geneva's entrance into the Swiss Confederation. The beginnings of modern Switzerland go back to the year 1291, when the three German-language Alpine forest areas signed the Federal Charter. Over the centuries, more cantons allied themselves to the original three, and among the last was the Republic of Geneva on the 19th of May 1815. HE200G will be active on all amateur bands throughout 2015, and contacts will be valid for the Diploma of Geneva. QSL via HB9AOF J38NN and J38MM W6NN and KE1B will be operating as J38NN and J38MM respectively from Grenada between May the 23rd and 31st using a single station with 100 watts and a buddy polyantenna system on 40 through 10 including 30, 17 and 12 metres using CWSSB and RITI. QSLs can go via the home call signs W6NN and KE1B by the Bureau. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. AMSAT's Director of Field Operations, Patrick Stoddard, WD9EWK, says that Field Ops team is working on how to make operate satellite information readily available on the web. Based on a hamfest handout designed and written by Patrick, getting started with FM satellites is available for download. Patrick shows the basic equipment and techniques to learn successful operating of the satellites. This guide also gives specific information on how to operate via SO50, the only currently available FM satellite at the moment. Patrick's guide is posted at the links in our text editions, always best read at www.wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Group's QRP and Weak Signal Communication. G3RJV wins a prestigious technical award. Radcom author and famous QRP George Dobbs, G3RJV, has been awarded the Dayton Hamvention Technical Excellence Award for a lifetime of work for QRP. He has helped many amateur radio operators build their own equipment, as well as writing columns in both Practical Wireless and Radcom and books on the subject. Other winners are Tim Duffy, K3LR, who was awarded Amateur of the Year, and Thomas Medlin, W5KUB, who received this Special Achievement Award. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. The ITU deployed emergency telecommunication equipment to Vanuatu following the devastation caused by Cyclone Pam, a Category 5 tropical storm that hit the archipelago on the 13th of May. They dispatched 40 satellite phones, 10 broadband global area network terminals and 35 solar panels to the island nation to support the relief coordination efforts. 
Vanuatu amateur radio operator Rod Newell, YJ8RN, reported that his home survived the recent devastation from Cyclone Pam with only minor damage, although he still has no electrical power. A bank of solar panels and a small gasoline generator are permitting him to live off the grid for at least a little while. I have had light and ice cream all the way through, the Australian expat told the DailyDX.com. He ran his two-stroke 800-watt generator 15 hours a day for 10 days to keep his refrigerator and water pump running. He has estimated that commercial power will be out for at least another 10 days or so. He noted that Vanuatu connected to a fibre optic cable early in 2014, which made it possible for scenes of the destruction to be shared with the rest of the world. Newell said that the northern part of the island archipelago caught just the edge of the storm and suffered little damage. The southern island of Tana, with some 30,000 inhabitants, and Aramago, just north of Tana, with barely 2,000 residents, was worst hit. One radio amateur has put his twin-engine Otter aircraft to use as part of the relief efforts. Newell said that he spent three days on Tanner setting up HF radios for the local airline, the Red Cross and the police, and he just returned from doing the same on Santo to the north. And the YJ0XG operation by Haru Achida, JA1XGI, is still on schedule for April the 13th and 19th. The resort that he booked suffered only minor damage from the cyclone, although AC power is still being worked out. And the ZL3X group that operated from Vanuatu last October as YJ0X has donated $1,000 to the Red Cross Appeal. Worldwide special interest groups, radio amateur old-timers. And who best to give us the reminder of Easter Monday special broadcast for the RAOTC other than Clive, our man in the West. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey. On behalf of the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia, I wish everyone a happy and safe Easter and remind you that tomorrow, Easter Monday, the April REOTC Monthly Bulletin goes to air. This month, as well as all the usual club news and business, we have an item on the Square Kilometre Array Radio Telescope, which was held over from last month plus a tribute to Barry, VK6WF, who's done much for the RAOTC in VK6, but who's now leaving WA for pastures new in New South Wales. The primary HF transmission starts at 0100 UTC tomorrow on 20 metres on 14.150 MHz upper sideband, beamed north from Melbourne for Eastern States listeners. An hour later, at 0200 UTC, we have transmissions for WA on 40 metres on 7060 kHz, as well as via all linked NewsWest repeaters. Additionally, throughout the day, there are a number of local news relays on HF, VHF and UHF. Details for your local area can be found on the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au. Membership. Full membership is available to those who have held an amateur licence or equivalent for at least 25 years or 10 years for associate membership. Later this year, the first Foundation licensees become eligible for associate membership and may wish to consider joining us.
So once again, the April RAOTC Bulletin goes to air tomorrow, and we look forward to hearing your call back afterwards. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. As time goes by, VK4BB rewinds to Ham Radio's halcyon days. A rewinding we go. Of the 10,000-plus staff at the UK government's Code and Cipher School during World War II, two-thirds were female. Three veteran servicewomen explain what life was like as part of the code-breaking operation during World War II. It's in a recent news item. I was given one sentence. We are breaking German codes. End of story. It was Ruth Byrne's first job out of college when, like thousands of other young British women during World War II, she was recruited to aid the Allied cipher-breaking efforts at Bletchley Park. Today, the mansion in the heart of the southeast English countryside is famous for being where the brilliant mathematician Alan Turing cracked the Nazis' Enigma code. Because Turing's individual achievements were so monumentous, it's sometimes forgotten that more than 10,000 other people worked at the Government Code and Cipher School, of whom more than two-thirds were female. These servicewomen played a pivotal role in an operation that decrypted millions of German messages and which is credited with significantly shortening the war. A postscript to this story, sourced to Eham, is that the 2015 reunion of the Radio Security Service will take place at Bletchley Park, May 10 this year. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au On the social scene, wrapping up WIA National News for another week. April 5, VK2 Yurunga Radio Convention. April 11, VK4 Redfest. April 12 in VK6, Harg Swap Meet at 10am. April 18, Worldwide World Amateur Radio Day. And April 25 in VK3, Anzac Day Radio Afternoon at the Ballarat Showgrounds. Now till next we meet, have a great Easter. I'm Graham VK for Baker Baker. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA at the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.